So much technology out there is about shortening time and saving time and we are busier than ever. Like really to write your own story is kind of a radical act because it isn't a hurried thing. I write all my newsletters, I don't use AI, but I have played with chat GPT. And what I found is it took original material and it just made it kind of general and wishy-washy. So the beauty is kind of like sound, right? The beauty of writing is the uniqueness and the specificity and what you call the sounds of you. That is true of writing too. And it's not, it seems to me, available in AI. Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin an award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact, and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters, and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome to the podcast. So happy to have you with me today, as always. And I've got a great episode for you today. Today, I've got a former student on, Tracy Scoose, and she does some fascinating work with writers, primarily fiction writers. And I think you're going to really like what she has to say. We had such a great conversation around fears around writing, a lot of things about getting to Well, it was very similar to what I talk about in voice, how I talk about getting to those, that bottom layer, getting to that bottom layer and revealing all those shades of you. We talked about that from the perspective of writing and how she helps writers really get to the gold. And a lot of times writers are afraid of the gold and revealing it just like in voice. So many people are afraid of revealing the gold of their seventh layer, all the shades, all the fullest expression. And in Tracy's work, all the fullest ideas that might be controversial, that might not be liked, that might not be popular. So there are a lot of similarities in the work that I do and the work that she does. So I think you're going to find this conversation quite interesting. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Tracy Scoose is a writer and story mentor. She's the author of the short story collection, Hunger Moon. She also founded The Writing Journey. Tracy is committed to the craft of writing and creates a safe space for writers to explore the depths of their beings so they can give full expression to their stories and get them out into the world. Tracy and I talked a lot about getting stuck and how we find all the ways of not using our voice, not getting our book out into the world. Get ready. You are in for a treat and so many golden nuggets that I think you'll be able to take away from our conversation. Let's head over to the show. Tracy, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you with us today. Thanks, Tracy. It's really, really great to be here. Tracy and Tracy. 
That's right. Now you're an I. And a Y. You're you're an I. I think that that or IE is probably the most common. Is it is is that what you see? Or do you see what do you see the most of? Well, I get this. So when people say what's your name and I say Tracy, and they go with a Y or an EY, and then I say I. Okay. So you're the you're the different one. I'm the anomaly. <laughs> You're the anomaly. <laughs> I'm my parents trying to be really wild and different. In they, the <laughs> they, they, they were living on the edge. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, my do you get called Stacy a lot? Sometimes, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Stacy, and what's the other one? I've been called crazy. Crazy? Your name is crazy? No, my (laughs) behavior is crazy. My name is Tracy. (laughs) Well, then I have this last name, Skuse. Oh, yeah, that's kind of a hard one. Yeah. Yeah, so they usually kind of ask me about the IY thing or EY thing. And then they ask me about, first of all, how do you pronounce it? Skuse. They Mm. do that a lot. And Mm -hmm. I say, now I finally figured out, oh, it rhymes with spruce like the tree okay okay yeah Yeah, that's a different last name excuse i don't know that i've ever known a excuse yeah well now you do you just got all kinds of things special going on over there (laughs) well okay so tracy with an i i will start i always have my guest tell us first who they are what you do, tell us a little bit about the work you do. And then I want to just dive in and I've got lots of, lots of things I want to talk to you about around writing. So, so you just take it from here. Okay. Well, as you know, my name is Tracy with an I, <laughs> excuse, and I'm, I'm a Canadian woman who lives on Vancouver Island on the West coast of Canada. And I've lived here for over half my life. I won't tell you how long that is, age of mystery, (laughs) but um, it was actually moving to Vancouver Island uh, was when I started writing and I had great visions of being a poet when I first started and I realized it took a lot longer and a lot more skill than I had um, to become a writer. But for some reason, I just, I was dogged about it. I feel like writing is a vocation of tenacity like you must kind of be very tenacious to want to pursue writing and that's probably true of uh, many things <laughs> but it is definitely true of writing and um i wrote and published a book of short stories in 2020 called hunger moon and um at that same time well prior to this i started teaching writing. I love teaching and I love working with writers. And one of the things I found, like as I was writing, was there's a lot of kind of conventional advice, but it doesn't go deep enough. And so Mm. I work with writers to get them to go deeper into the writing so that their writing actually lifts off the page and becomes one of those stories that you can't put down or that you that really resonates with your heart or your awareness in some way um so yeah i have a business called the writing journey and i offer online courses for writers who want to really dive deep into their work and get it to 
You know, we all get plateaued. I feel like that can be a place that we live for a long time, particularly as writers. And I worked to lift writers off that plateau and into the next, into the stratosphere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. So I've got, so I've got some questions around what you've said so far. The, the first one, do you, and this is just a simple question. Do you work with people that write all different kinds of books? You wrote short, you write short stories, poetry. What if somebody had a memoir that they wanted to, it doesn't matter. It's not a, any kind of book. Who well, you work with. not any no. kind of book, okay. but I work more, more mostly with creative writers. So writers oh. who are working on memoir or okay. fiction. So that could be long form fiction, which is a novel, long mm-hmm. form memoir or short form. So short stories and short personal essays, like short memoir. So okay. that those genres. So I don't yeah. work with um so much like self-help books or uh though i write poetry i don't really work with poets either i mean if the poet has come to me and they're working uh-huh. on longer form then i'll work with them for yeah. sure well i would yeah and i was thinking that like my book which you know i'm writing that book was not really in the wheelhouse of what of who you work with and you know that is the hardest thing i've ever tried to do in my life Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it's, you know, people have said to me for years, when are you going to write a book? When are you going to publish that research? And it's the, the number one thing I've wanted to get done for five years now. Yeah. And I wonder a couple of questions around this. Why is it so hard to write a book is one of my questions. Mm-hmm. And then my other question, and maybe you want to answer that one first, but my other question is, Thinking about in singing, oftentimes people are told you're not a good singer and that sticks or in art, you're not a good artist. And then that sticks. And I feel like writing is the same way. And it makes me wonder, is it so hard to write my book for X reason? Or is it because my third grade teacher told me I was a terrible writer and that stuck And so I'm a terrible writer. So how in the world can I write this book? Or maybe it's a little bit of both. But I think that's probably something people listening can relate to. Yeah, there's there's definitely both of those pieces at play. I'll try and address both of them. First of all, we go into writing assuming we know how to do it because we've been actually writing since we were, most of us, since we were saying grade two or whatever, you know, you remember those dotted lines where we learn mm-hmm. and we write the little stories in the book. Mm-hmm. So there is this kind of assumption that we should just be able to produce a story or a book. Mm-hmm. But um, there's actually a craft to it. And part of the struggle, I think, is that you know, another part of the struggle is that we have this idea in our mind of how it should be. And then we start writing it and it changes. We're like, but that's not what I wanted to do. (laughs) And that can be really frustrating. I think it's kind of like holding a picture in your mind and wanting to draw it and realizing, like, I don't know, that you, you haven't learned how to 
see the angles of the leaves yeah. on the tree or to foreshorten or whatever the skill is that you think you should know inherently. And so, you know, it is a living process. Writing a book is a living process. And it doesn't seem like it would be because we have all these books on our shelves, mm -hmm. which have words in them and the words are solid and they're sticking to the page. But it's more mercurial because mm -hmm. when you're writing, as you've probably figured out, you have an idea of what you want to say. You begin to say it and then you have to respond to the words that are on the page. They're different than what you had thought of in your mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, I also think, and tell me if this is part of it, I'm so close to it. And creative writing may be different. It may be exactly the same, but I will, I'll write a chapter and my editor will go, yeah, I don't understand any of this. Yes. I have no clue what you're talking about. Yes. Like, okay. What do you mean? What do you yes. mean? You don't know what yes. yes. makes perfect sense. That's a good point, Tracy. And thank you for bringing that up because it often is, you know, I'm in a position where I often am seeing this very same thing in writers. And you hold the story. The story is so close to you. It's alive in your mind. Mm -hmm. And so you forget to fill in the spaces that we need to understand as readers. And often this place is like really concrete detail. Like, where mm -hmm. are we? Mm -hmm. what, what city are you in? Or what I, I talk a lot about embodiment and bringing the body onto the page. Like, what did that feel like in the body of the character or in the body of the younger version of yourself in that particular scene in the memoir? Mm -hmm. What did it feel like? And what were the movements? And where were you in space? So the world that surrounds the story is as important as the story itself because the story is moving through that world and there's a relationship between the world and the story. And sometimes writers forget that relationship. Or don't have a clue. In my case, my, I just don't think that way. I yeah. mean, it's, so it's, it's like what you initially said, we think we can write. And I think the fact that if we read books, we probably even think more that we can write because we go, oh, yeah, I did that. Let me write this book. And then those that's just an incredible skill to talk about, not the technique that I gave the client and the result that he got based on the research, but what he like what you're saying, what he was feeling, what his face looked like when I told him what he was really coming across as. Mm -hmm. What it, what happened in the, the what happened to the light in his eyes when he discovered that it was actually his father who said something to him when he was three. Yes. And, and that's what you're saying is just as important, even in a research book. Yeah, because it's what engages our reader. Right. You can yeah. tell me a bunch of things like this guy had this amount of success. And I get that. But what you just described, like his look, the look in his eye, the sound of his voice, the like the energy shift in his body, mm -hmm. that sort of thing is then transmits to the reader and the reader feels it and gets it on a different level. Is that because the reader has experienced something similar or it's relatable? Why is that? Because well, I know like in voice, I talk about something similar. So why is it 
that that's what the connection is, the, the connection to the reader. My hypothesis <laughs> yeah. which is that we it's it's like it is like what you're what you talk about with the voice it's the feeling in the body so have you read a book where you just like you read it over and over and you can't keep your eyes open because it's not like it's not penetrating Mm -hmm. that experience all the time yeah <laughs> like two degrees two college degrees <laughs> yeah so I would call that really so that's that's writing from the mind to another mind mm. and I don't know I I there's other then then if you think of stories where you're riveted where you are you know you can't wait to turn the page your whole body is invested it's not just the mind it's your nervous system it's your body it's your or where you really care for somebody in the story and your heart connection and that's in the body that's not just a cerebral exercise of trying to understand so i think that um yeah it's really because the body is the body recognizes itself mm. in story and receives the information. We're not mm -hmm. just reading with our eyes and our brains, our whole body yeah. is taking in the information. So it's really, it's about the sensory experience. Yeah. More so than here. It's exactly the same as voice in a way, words versus feeling. Yes, absolutely. And then the, you know, the craft of the writing is, working with the words that's your palette and mm. you know just like you talk about sound in in your voice in the voice experience the words are the palette and so oftentimes too part of the part of the barrier for writers is this and and i think you get it in voice too it's the same thing it's like how we think we should sound mm. versus like the truth of the experience so I talk about this a lot, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of advice out there for writers and it, it would have us contort ourselves into mm. something else, into something that pleases the market versus mm. like what we really want to say. And that investigation for me comes from the body. And I bet that's the plight of the writer. And that's really what I hear you saying is authenticity. Mm -hmm. And it, it is exactly the same, especially like in the corporate world. Sometimes it's like, well, I've got to be professional and I can't really say what I ultimately want to say to John because that might not go over well. This is almost like commercialization. What's totally. going to sell? Totally. Well, is my book going to sell? Well, if you say that, it isn't going to sell. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because there's lots of like, I, I'm working with a woman right now who has created this amazing world, this imaginative world. And yet she's been told so many times that there's got to be more action. There's got to be more action. Mm -hmm. And so she's rushing past all this beautiful material mm -hmm. that she's created in favor of somebody's idea of how the story should be instead of trusting the world she's created, trusting the characters and looking around what she's created to move the story forward. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like 
these external bombs going off Mm -hmm. instead of the story rising from the world itself. Wow. Do well, and you know, there's a I got have a million questions, but one of the things that I think has been an experience for me, and maybe this is similar to what we're talking about, is comparison and people saying, "Well, you know, you just go read uh, one of Brene Brown's books. Do it, do it like that." And then I get locked into this. Okay, I got to do it like that. Mm-hmm. And maybe this something similar to. Is there a comparison thing that happens with the writers that you work with that they that they feel like, well, okay, I've got to be J.K. Rowling or I got to write it like, you know, whatever, J.R. Tolkien. Does that happen? Of course, of course. And like, I, I don't I think it's really valuable to read and I think it's really valuable to look at other writers and how they've done things. And that's Mm -hmm. a lot of the way that I've learned. Mm. And for me, that's like, oh, I didn't know that was possible. Oh, I didn't Mm -hmm. know I could play in that arena. So Mm -hmm. like for me, there's a difference between looking to somebody else's work and seeing what, you know, it's like, it's like, I guess an artist would Mm -hmm. use the masters to understand how to use the line and certain color and that sort of thing. So there's nothing wrong. In fact, I I encourage it using Mm -hmm. other people's writing to explore your own voice and explore different ways of structuring your narrative. But I think, yes, definitely oh, you you know, there can be this compare and despair quality of like, oh, now I have to do it this way. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, what you could do is use Brene Brown's to explore what your own story, what your own book wants to do. And then once you've found it out in that arena, you break free of her mold and you are creating your own. Yeah, and I wonder if the the piece that in my mind is missing there, I, I 100% agree with what you're saying and love it. And I wonder if where like I get stuck or somebody else might get stuck is in lack of confidence in my own ability to write, which makes me go to the place of, okay, I got to do it like that or it's in order for it to be good. Right. Yes. Yes. I think it's like back to that trust thing. Like I was mm-hmm. saying, that woman, mm-hmm. she's created this world mm-hmm. and yet she doesn't trust her story, yeah. her voice, her vision. Mm-hmm. Right. She doesn't trust her vision. Yeah. Because there's so much out there that tells us the way we think and the way we are is not okay. Like, you know, yeah. that from the psychology of the voice yeah. Oh, yeah. covers us up. So, so we're dealing with like peeling that back and uncovering the story that really does want to be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trust is huge. I never thought about it that way, but it is really trusting yourself and your story and your mm-hmm. vision, like what you're saying. Yeah. That's that I've never thought about it that way. That's really good. I want to go back to something that you said when when you were actually telling us what you do. And you said some things about teaching, working with writers to, and I don't know the exact words you said, but about lifting the words off the page and creating something that people 
can't put down. Mm-hmm. What is the what? And you don't get you know don't well, you don't have to give us all the things, but what I want to talk a little bit. I know we've touched on it, but I want to talk a little bit more about not even so much what keeps us from being able to put the book down because we've touched on that, but as a writer. How do we make our words lift off the page? Yeah, well, it's not a simple one, two, three step. Yeah, but it's really a like an alchemy. I think of it as an alchemy, an alchemy of intuition, of staying true, of the craft itself, understanding the palette that is available to you. So part of also why we think we should know how to write and what what we struggle with is we're not we're not aware of the options and choices that are available to us as writers. Writing is full of choice making. And when you make a certain choice, you eliminate others and it kind of starts to f- create the shape of your story. So the craft, I call you know, it is, it's a craft, writing is a craft. So understanding that and infusing it with that embodied experience. So, it, you know, allowing yourself to not just embodied, but I, I, I'll call it awareness, a kind of awareness of, of body, of of mind, of emotion, like there's so many layers that we're, we're, we're dealing with. And quite often what I find in writing is it's focused on one or two, like action, like this happened, then that happened, then this happened, then that happened. And there's no reflection. There's no Mm. deeper sense of why this happens and why it matters. Mm. And so mm-hmm. it's picking up and weaving all these threads together. And I'll tell you what can't do that, in my opinion, but I want to hear your opinion on this. I don't think artificial intelligence can do all of that. No, I've been really thinking a lot about it because there is, you know, this is a perceived threat anyway to mm-hmm. the writers. Or maybe some writers are even excited about it, that they can forgo the, you know, writing, writing is a long apprenticeship. I had uh, one of my teachers Mm. tell me that it, Mm -hmm. it takes time, it takes time and it takes patience and it takes a kind of deep inquiry into yourself. It's also playful and fun and can, you know, I don't want to discourage anyone either because it you you write to a certain level and then you want to write to another level and um what i think is that with ai it first of all cheats you if you were to just drop your book into a Mm. into chat gpt and let it spit it out for you you would not have the experience of transformation that I really think is inherent in each project. It's like the story that you're working on is working on you. And there's a reciprocity there between deep aspects of yourself and the words on the page. 
like you, you're having to confront yourself, you're having yeah. to explore and ask yourself deep questions. If we think we know what we're writing, then we're not doing the work. It's yeah. an exploration. Yeah. It's an exploration. Well, and, and some, oh no, go ahead. Yeah. And I was just going to say an AI is just going to spit it out in four, 44 yeah. seconds. Like, yeah. Well, everything you're saying says writing is so personal. Writing is so personal. It's, which it is mm -hmm. just like voice is so personal. We share stories of, from our own creativity, from our own experiences. Mm -hmm. And I think that, and I'm not, you know, don't anybody get upset because I'm not hating on AI, but I've done a few videos already on how people, I've got, I've got voice, I see voice coaches have an AI component mm -hmm. and I'm like, hold on a minute where's the nuance of the seventh layer of the authenticity and bits of you? It may sound beautiful and articulate and all the things, but it's not, we can't connect to it. Mm -hmm. So there may be a purpose for the AI voice app. I'm not sure what it is yet because I haven't investigated it enough, yeah. but and maybe maybe AI in writing, probably the ultimate purpose is shortened time. Yes, always. So that's, right? that's the that's the point of the, of it, I think, right? Yes. And I mean, so much technology out there is about shortening time and saving time. And we are busier than ever. Like mm -hmm. so really to write your own story is kind of a radical act because it mm -hmm. isn't a hurried thing. And it. I think if you're writing a proposal, if you're writing, I mean, mm. I write all my newsletters, I don't use AI, but I have played with chat GPT. And what I found is it took original material and it just made it kind of general and wishy-washy. Mm -hmm. So the beauty is kind of like sound, right? The beauty of writing is the uniqueness and the specificity and the per what you call the sounds of you. That mm. is true of writing too. And it's not, it seems to me, available in AI. I've not used it. And that is probably my learning curve. Well, there's probably a lot of reasons. I'm probably negative towards it because of things that are happening with it around voice that I don't like. Because I think people will bypass the whole learning to step into the power of their voice and have the courage to use their voice and all these things. So I probably have a negative mindset around it. But I also don't understand technology. The learning curve to run this online business nearly crushed my soul. And I so, it. <laughs> you know, so it's like, okay, do I want to connect with people or do I want to learn another piece of technology? So I don't really use it. But I have played around with it. I went to a, a, a training. Well, it wasn't a training about AI, but she did a training about AI. And it's fascinating. But it's almost like you need to know the nuances of how to talk to it. Or, and maybe across the board, you're always going to get something generic. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But... I, it's just to me, it's and exactly what you said. First of all, why do we need to be so busy? Mm -hmm. Why do we need to have something saving us time so we can get busier? 
Yeah. What's the benefit of that? Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really weird world. <laughs> it is a weird world yeah, that we live bodies, in, right? Yeah. And our bodies are suffering and our hearts are suffering, you know, because we feel like we need to do it all right now and more. Mm -hmm. and like the act for me of writing is really slowing down. I, I, you know, I see, and I'm sure you do too, the impatience of people to get their stuff out there before they've even attended to the deepening of it. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 And I think it has turned us into monsters in a way. I don't know about where you are, but I know in the States, it's just, everything's aggressive. Everything is get out of the way. I've got somewhere to be. I'm important. And, and not everybody's like that. I mean, listeners, don't, I know that I don't mean it like everybody's like that, but traffic is an example. We're so aggressive. Uh -huh. You know, I grew up in Texas where you let somebody in and you'd wave and they're waving at me now, but they are waving because they're friendly. They're just waving with one finger because it's this get out of the way. I've got somewhere to be. I've got to hurry up and get a lot done. And it's this no creativity. Yeah. Yeah. The crushing. I mean, that's really my my vision is to return to help people return to their own being. I mean, it's mm -hmm. why I, that's why I did the work with you. I could feel mm -hmm. that you were going to connect me with the heart, uh, like the one piece I felt was was missing that I hadn't I couldn't access on my own. I didn't know how to. And it, it's like we're so busy being out there, like your tendrils, you know, putting the feelers mm -hmm. out there that we forget that the relationship that's really important is to our own being and our own planet. Mm -hmm. and we're like, we're just like in this frenzy. Yeah. Well, and I don't know, I could be wrong, but I know for me personally, I cannot create anything worth anything unless I slow down. And business coaches will tell you that. If you want the great ideas to come, the great program, the great workshop, stop working. Yeah, go for a walk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go for yeah. a walk in nature. Go on a vacation. Take three days and sit still. I think Oprah, I think it was Oprah Winfrey that one time, I don't even know what, I don't remember enough about the nuances of where I saw it, but it was something to the effect of her saying, I went and I sat in a field and I didn't get out of that field until I had the idea. Yes. Yes. Trisha Hersey, Her Hersey who wrote Rest as Resistance, mm. talks about, you know, Harriet Tubman, who escaped slavery, mm -hmm. went, you know, I don't know enough of her story. I remember reading a book as a child, but that she spent time dreaming and listening and attending to what her higher intuitive self had to say about where to go next. Like we don't make good decisions in panic. Mm -mm. We don't make good decisions in a rush. Mm -mm. This world actually needs us to stop and dream mm -hmm. and listen. Yeah. As you were talking about Harriet Tubman, I don't know if you are familiar with the story about George Washington Carver, who basically invented 
everything because of the peanut. Mm -hmm. And he would go at 5 a.m. every morning and go for a walk in the woods and talk to God. And, and, And he said to God, he said, teach me all the ways of the universe. And God said, too much for your little brain. And he said, okay, teach me the ways of the country. And he said, nope, too much for your little brain. He took it all the way down to the peanut. And he said, teach me the ways of the peanut. And God said, okay. And so he took the peanut and he literally created shaving cream, peanut butter, all these things that we don't even think about, like the single-handed savior of Africa starvation was a peanut paste that came from peanuts Mm -hmm. and the crops and the crop rotation. And he didn't get that idea from hurrying. He got that idea from every day going for a walk at 5 a.m. and listening to get ideas. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, and we, you know, we don't even, like, even if we do go walking at 5 a.m. now, for many people, it's like, I got to listen to my book and I got to make calls and I got to, yeah. you know. This constant kind of, and I for sure have been bettering. Oh, I, me, yeah. Bettering of ourselves, right? Like making ourselves a better mm-hmm. person and that, that, the violence of that. Yeah. Actually. And yeah. it's like, that's why I say I just want, you know, my invitation in the work that I do is to is to have people soften around themselves and their stories mm-hmm. so that they can really listen to what wants to come forward, mm-hmm. really wants to come forward and not this sort of like frenetic pace of what yeah. should come forward or how they're going to get famous or all of yeah. this. Yeah. But, you know, I wonder if we, are we afraid to hear what's going to come forward. Mm. So we do, and, and I'm, you know, I, I'm plenty guilty of, mm-hmm. well, you maximize time. You drive with the book on tape. And when you go to walk the dog, you have a, and then I'll get to where I'll stop all of it. And I'll just walk mm-hmm. and listen. But I wonder if we are afraid of ourselves and afraid of what we've created so that we keep the noise go or what afraid what we might create afraid how successful we might be afraid of what a brilliant idea and the responsibility of that so we just mute it all out with yeah. noise well there's probably that i mean the nervous system does like um, the more i learn about the nervous system the more i'm like well if we ever thought we were in charge we are wrong because our nervous totally. system has been programmed from such an early age so they undoing of that program is really deep work and it feels mm-hmm. uncomfortable mm-hmm. feels uncomfortable to sit still for people because they're not used to it feels uncomfortable to actually think it might be safe to have a good idea and bring yeah. it into the world like it's, yeah it's it takes a lot of courage well and just silence you know the the most powerful tool i can give you as a voice person is pause and yet it is the thing that i have to go to war with people on daily well they're not going to listen well they're going to cut me off well they're going to think i don't know what i'm talking about well no it's just i've got to keep their attention okay that's exactly why i want you to do it so you keep their attention and we fight that stillness and we fight that creativity and ideas 
Yeah. As you're saying that, I'm thinking of the power of silence. Like it's just mm -hmm. massive mm -hmm. and bigger than we are. Way bigger. Which is really scary for our little right? selves. Right, right. Yeah, I literally cannot make a day go by where I don't, I, I call it a sit and stare. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's just a survival thing for me at this point. Yeah. I, I don't mean, I, I, I don't mean it like that sounded, but it keeps me in that space of coming up with new ideas and, we just need that. Yes. We're so consumptive, right? I, right? I remember listening to a meditation teacher, Reggie Ray, and he said, this modern world, it's like we sit down to eat a meal and then we turn around and we eat another meal and then we turn around and we eat another meal and there's no time to digest. Mm -hmm. So we're not even integrating what we're taking in. We're just like, ah. yeah. <laughs> and so that silence or that walk in nature or whatever it is, if it's, is that part of that integration so that we can actually feel ourselves and feel our presence in our life and be present to it. Mm -hmm. And that's not always easy. No. No, there's right? a whole lot of things out there telling <laughs> us not to do that. <laughs> yeah, because then we have to take responsibility mm -hmm. for what we've created and what we create. Yeah, yeah, that's Man, true. This, this all got all kind of deep up in here. Yeah, just the way <laughs> I could have told you that we were going to. I know, I should have known. <laughs> I should have known. I should have known. Well, so, OK, so you you have a group. I it, tell me I, it's been a while, but I think you have a group where you help writers write their stories, write their books. Yes, I have a program called um, it's going to be called I'm switching the name and I'll be doing another launch in the next six weeks or so called oh, um, the Embodied Story Intensive. And it's a six month program so that we have the space to slow down and deep dive deep and really get into where the story is stuck and also give the tools to play and create and the palette that you need to, to make the choices that will make your story shine. I love that. I love the word embodied because I think even in our conversation about we rush, we rush, we rush, you know, I'm thinking about going to a six month program or a 12 month program because we, even the way we consume, well, let me change my voice. I'm going to do that in a day. No, no, you're not because it's, we have to rewrite what's in the body. Yeah. 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 And I don't know the exact definition of embodiment, but it, what it says to me is you, is it about making it your own, yeah. literally grounding into it and it's not just, again, words. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I love this um, awareness of embodiment as voice, as something that needs to be shifted or that attention needs to be shifted. And my one of my teachers, one of my yoga teachers, because I studied yoga for a long time, mm -hmm. said the mind is really quick to learn. Mm-hmm. But it forgets quickly too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Body is slow to learn, but it remembers. That's it. 
I yeah, I think we're all kinesthetic. Yeah, we, I, I we really do. These bodies. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, even, and I just recorded a, a solo podcast episode before I jumped on here with you today, talking about you're going to draw from the top layer of muscle memory, no matter what you think you're going to do. It can't just be, oh, I'm going to remember to breathe. Oh, I'm going to slow down. No, you're going to do what you've put into that muscle memory. And I think it's the same thing, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And the unwinding of mm-hmm. all those that conditioning, which isn't, you know, to say we have to get to some exalted state to write our book and figure, you know, have it all figured out, because I think we can actually use the process in the prose, but um, which is another story. Yeah. <laughs> but I just, you know, that that even to have the awareness that there is the presence of bodies in yeah. a story. Yeah. It's a kind of remembering that, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of writers need to bring in and they do. They start one of my um, one of my students said to me, you're I'm really loving this course. You're doing what you said you would do. Because and as she's feeling, you know, after a couple of months, the embodiment starts to mm. the layers start to deepen and, you know, the muscle memory, I guess. I guess it's muscle memory for writers. I hadn't thought of it that way, but it shifts. Yeah, that's it. That would be a really interesting thing to research. What is the muscle memory of the writer? In the voice, of course, that's been my whole body of work. And it's the story that I'm telling myself has created the response in the voice. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it would be the same in writing, but that would be very interesting. But I, I can say, without a doubt from writing this book, I have to slow down. Mm -hmm. And so I will avoid it. And that's how I keep from doing it. It's not that I don't want to write the book. I desperately want it finished. But I think we also do that with things that are hard. It's hard. So I'm going to do these 42 sticky notes to my right that are super easy And I can feel good about it. But when I sit down to work on that book, I mean, there have been multiple Sundays. I have emailed my editor saying, I'm not writing this book. I hate writing. I'm done. It's never going to happen. Thank you for your time. You must be a writer. (laughs) (laughs) Also, do all writers feel that way? Yeah, because it's harder than you think. Yeah, because it's harder. I mean, they go. I think it's also a really juicy place when you run into that. It's like, what if you stayed with it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's such a such a goal, you know. Now that I'm resettled here, I really that's my goal to get it finished by the end of the year, which is a pretty lofty goal. But gosh, what a labor of love being a writer. Yes. Well, maybe after after this conversation, we can have another conversation about how it would be to be in my program. Yeah. Yeah. It's six months. Yep. And how many people are in that program? I'll take up to 12. I have okay. small cohorts. Yeah. Yeah. I do yeah, too. To have, yeah. Or, to so have you, that real transformation happen. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it's, it's people working on memoirs and creative writing and... Yeah. Yeah, that's very exciting. Well, for all the writers out there or the people that didn't think you were a writer, but you, everybody, does everybody have a book in them, Tracy? 
A lot of people say they do, but when they sit down to write, as you know, it becomes another animal. So mm -hmm. I think we we are all born of stories. We were born into a story. We leave stories. And whether we want to take those stories and put them into words on the page is, you know, it's a real calling. And as I said at the beginning, it, it is a tenacious one. You must mm -hmm. be kind of dogged to want to yeah. do it. Yeah. I, I agree. Well, we will put the link in the, I guess there'll be a link, a sales page, a website, mm -hmm. something we can put in the show notes for people that are interested in looking into that. And then social media, Instagram. Yes, Instagram. You, do, you, you have YouTube, I believe too. Yes, YouTube, yeah. Instagram. And I have a Facebook group, a private Facebook group Ooh. called The Writer's Journey. Okay. If anyone is welcome to join. I will, I think I'll put a link to a freebie for writers interested in working with emotion. Emotion mm. is a part of embodiment and I have a field guide. So that just helps writers kind of begin to explore the somatic experience of emotion. I love it. Yeah. That, yeah. That's awesome. We'll put all those links in the show notes. And Tracy, it was such a great conversation. Thank you so much for being here with us today. My great pleasure. Thank you. And thank you, listeners. It's always great to have you with me. That's it for today. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Captivate the Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at CaptivateTheRoom.com and be sure to grab the voice formula, a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes.